Today on Blue 58, we make our next stop in our draft preview series with a look at this year's edge rushers. The Packers don't need one per se, but adding more pass rush is never really a bad idea, and there is plenty of value to be had in this draft class. Blue 58! Hello and welcome to another episode of Blue 58, the one and only podcast of thepowersweep.com. I am your host, John Meerdink. Happy to be with you here for another episode. This starts the real work on our draft preview process. Last week, we kind of kicked it off softly talking about quarterbacks, really more of a philosophical discussion because, I mean, if the Packers draft another quarterback early again, we might just have to shut everything down as far as Packers media, because I'm not sure we could all take that. Um, But now that we've got quarterbacks out of the way, we're into positions that are at least theoretically possible for the Packers to draft. And that brings us to edge rushers. Don't know why I picked this one to go first, but this one is first on my list. A few caveats about this process in general. First, um, I am not a draft person, but I think it is the best thing to do for the show and for the audience to talk about the draft because I think we can talk about it in a smart way. And we'll get a little bit to the process here in a second. Secondly, I'm also not a big college football person. I like it a lot. I wish I had more time to watch college football, but in your life, something's got to give. And that thing is watching college football on Saturday. I try to keep up with what's going on in college football as much as I can. But in terms of following the sport, I'm way behind the curve. Um, I really only track college football players for what they're going to end up doing in the NFL, which is a shame because I think a lot of the innovation that happens in football happens at the college level. So I, I say that to say that some of these things may seem like common sense to to you if you are the kind of person who goes deep, goes hard on the draft all the time. I, I'm, I understand, um, and I'll do my best to, to try to serve that part of the audience too. But uh, I think the way that we look at it is is a little bit different too. So even if we're not a hardcore, like this is what the Packers need to do sort of thing, uh, this is what this is the way that we're going to do it. So for each position group, we've got a little bit of a rubric, and we've developed this over the past couple of years, uh, things that we think will project well as far as predicting success at the NFL level. That means that we don't have to go through every single project or prospect. We can just look at the prospects that meet our thresholds, meet our rubric for grading, grading players. And we'll talk only about the players that meet a certain amount of, of our thresholds. So when it comes to edge rushers, what are we looking for? Two main things, mainly, athleticism and production. How do we define production? And how do we define athleticism? Let's start with athleticism. It's real easy. Um, Kendley Platt uh, of Pride of Detroit has put together the amazing metric uh, relative athletic score. It's not perfect. Uh, It may not even be the best way to measure athleticism, but it's super accessible and it gives you a number on a one to 10 scale as to how athletic a player is relative to his peers, hence the R in relative athletic score. The Packers, generally speaking, are looking for elite athletes. It's been a pronounced preference for Brian Gutekunst. He wants athletes that rank about basically eight or above in relative athletic score. There has been a pronounced shift under Brian Gutekunst for targeting players that meet that minimum threshold. So we are going to apply that threshold as well. We want edge rushers who meet the minimum uh, relative athletic score of 8.0. We're also looking for production. 
For our purposes, we quantify production as a a production ratio of 1.25 or higher. Ideally, it'd be above 1.5, but uh, to give us a bit of a broader pool, I I lowered it to 1.25. Production ratio is a measure of how many tackles for loss and sacks you get per game. Ideally, you want to be making at least one of those plays per game. Shows you're making plays on the other side of the the line of scrimmage. It shows that you are beating the guy in front of you. Again, it's not perfect. As we know, any counting stat has flaws. This is a rate stat, uh, but it is built built on counting. And just because you're piling up a number uh, a number of sacks doesn't mean that you are necessarily um, making all the plays that you should or creating those sacks yourself. But as a ballpark figure, it has been fairly successful for us in the past. The prospect that meets both of those metrics are are going to be the most interest of the most interest to us. And I've rated these prospects not by projected rounds or tiered them not by projected rounds, uh, but by how well they meet those thresholds. So we're going to talk about three groups of players today. We're going to talk about players that are productive and athletic. We're going to talk about players that are athletic but not productive. And then we're going to talk about players that are productive but not athletic. We talk about them in that order because I think you obviously want guys who are athletic and productive first. That, that, is, the, that is the goal. Uh, but if you're not going to have one of the two, I would prefer you not have some production because I think athleticism by itself projects better to the NFL than production just by itself. So... With those caveats out of the way, uh, uh, a couple more. Uh, These prospects are not tiered by the projected round that they're going to be drafted, so you're going to see some weird names right off the bat. That's fine. We're just trying to get guys we think the Packers would be interested in drafting regardless of where. Secondly, these previews are all going to be position agnostic. When we're talking about edge rushers, we're not going to be talking about them as they relate to defensive linemen or linebackers or defensive backs, or any other position the Packers might have a need at. We're just going to talk about edge rushers that we think are good. Okay? So pretty simple approach coming from a guy whose main focus is not in college football, but wants to talk about the draft in a smart way that we think will be of interest to you. Sounds good? Good. Let's start with our guys that are productive and athletic. First guy off the board is Jalen Phillips. Went to UCLA, then transferred to Miami. Started his college career on the West Coast, finishes it on the East Coast. 6'5", 266, pretty much ideal size, not a lot to dislike there. Put up a relative athletic score of 9.87, among the best in the class, and a production ratio of 1.8. Good production despite an interesting injury history, and we'll get to that here in a second. A caveat here, I should before we get too far, The testing numbers are off the charts this year, and that is because there is no combine. There is only pro days. Uh, People are getting all sorts of home field advantage on their testing numbers. That's fine. It doesn't bother me a whole whole lot. It it just takes a little bit of a weight from from away from the guys that are testing really well and puts more of a red flag, I think, on the guys who aren't testing well. If you get great numbers at your home field pro day, good. Good for you. You should. If you can't test well on your home field in an ideal circumstance, that is a bit of a red flag to me. So just that caveat aside. What do we like about Mr. Phillips? I like the size-athleticism combo a lot. Uh, He could add a little bit of weight and play more hand-on-the-ground style. 
He could play a little bit lighter and be more of a pure pass rushing edge. If he's this size right now, there's a lot of different directions you can go. What's not to like here is his injury history. Here's Daniel Jeremiah writing about Mr. Phillips. Quote, Phillips had a rough 2018, first suffering a wrist injury, and then he was hit by a car while on his scooter and then suffered another concussion during the season. He played just four games that year before UCLA announced Phillips was retiring from football. He changed his mind and enrolled at Miami in 2019, sitting out that football season as a transfer. Experts are saying that he's kind of in the mold of a Frank Clark. PFF says he oozes power, pro football focus, a bit inconsistent, a bit too upright. The Ringers draft guide says Phillips can get off balance and lunge out over his skis at times, so sometimes can have his size used against him a little bit, but really solid prospect to start. Next up is Ellerson Smith out of Northern Illinois. Big, tall dude, 6'7", 245, relative athletic score of 972, production ratio of 1.43, which is good but not elite given his testing level. I like tall edges. So when you talk about guys that are 6'7", I like that. So I like Ellerson Smith's lengths. I don't like that he didn't dominate playing smaller college ball. A guy who is as as athletic as he is, as big as he is, should be more consistent um, than he was. He also sat out 2020. Uh, so how is that skill set going to translate after a, way, uh, a, a year away from the game? Experts like him, though. Um, Ian Cummings of Pro Football Network says he's a strong day three pick, uh, has, the free, has the freedom of movement to profile well in a 3-4 outside linebacker role, but if he can add more to his frame, he could be a solid five technique with inside-outside functionality. So more stand-up outside linebacker in a 3-4, maybe a down lineman in a 3-4, maybe a 4-3, and a lot of versatility with Mr. Smith. Joseph Osei is up next at a Texas 6 foot 3 253 relative athletic score of 949 and a production ratio of 1.43. I like that he's productive even at a smaller size. Guys in the 6 foot 3 6 foot 4 range don't always tear it up in college even if they are stellar athletes. This guy did. He he got a lot done at Texas. What I don't like is that he's almost uniformly described as a finesse player. If you're going to be undersized, don't be solely a finesse player. You got to have some power. The experts like his movement skills. They like his athleticism, even if he's not a just bonkers tester, although he did put up some really good testing numbers. Lance Zerline says he is a former inside linebacker who has seen his stock rise quickly after a move to a more natural edge position. Osei's draft grade will require a good deal of projection as he is still raw and inexperienced at his new position. I don't know if I buy that um, entirely. I think edge is a great position for a guy who is pretty raw to be uh, because you can give him some pretty simple responsibilities. You give him kind of a two-way go, say, if there's no running back coming your way, get upfield. That's about it. Hold the edge here, and if you see the quarterback holding the ball, go get him. Pretty simple. And if you've got an elite athlete like this guy, uh, you can get away with uh, with doing that, uh, provided you have some other edge help. Carlos Basham Jr. is our next prospect. Wake Forest product, 6'5", 286, 939, relative athletic score, production ratio of 1.31. I love his production and athleticism at 286. Rare to see a pure edge that big. Probably a little bit more on the defensive line end of the spectrum. 
based on what I've read on this draft class, he may be the cleanest prospect based on our metrics, uh, based on his production, based on his injury history. A lot to like here. Uh, You could do a lot worse than Carlos Basha. Experts uh, ding him a little bit for banking on his athleticism too much. Um, Is he... He tries to do things that are not always in his best interest just to maybe show that he can. Sometimes you just put your head down and bulldoze past people. And uh, that apparently is not his game. Pro Football Focus puts it best. Quote, Basham is a bit of an enigma. He has the physical tools of a bull rush specialist. But a majority of his rush reps, reps are swim moves. He rarely goes to a true bull rush or long arm. There's a good chance some coach will get in his ear at the next level and unlock the physical, the special physicality he possesses. You can't coach a six foot five, two hundred eighty five pound man to fly around the field the way Basham does. End quote. Next up is a Michigan product right up the street from me. Uh, Quiddy Pay, Michigan product, six foot four, two seventy two, good athleticism at nine three four, good production ratio at one three five. You like that he has that that uh, that profile, but you don't just plug a guy like that in given where he's been um, developmentally the last couple of years. Listen to his list of cons here on, on Pro Football Focus's draft, guard, or draft guide. They say his pass rush move is also often him just trying to barrel through opposing linemen. He doesn't really set up offensive linemen, just fires off and goes. Despite size, not much of an interior pass rusher. Uh, and he doesn't have many counters or combos in his pass rushing repertoire. That sounds very similar to another uh, Michigan product that we saw very recently in Rashawn Gary. Overall production numbers are are solid, uh, but people want him to be a little bit more consistent, consistent too. Lance Zerline kind of puts a, puts a little bow on it, says the traits and explosiveness are enticing, but the film says good rather than great at this time. So you've got a couple guys here in Basham and Pay that are athletic and big, uh, but almost seem to be trying to do a little bit too much. Interesting. Interesting trend. William Bradley Kings, our next uh, double threshold hitter, coming out of Baylor. 6'4", 248, so a little bit on the light side, but a good relative athletic score at 918, a good production ratio at 132. At 18 sacks in 36 games, not too bad. Don't like... Um, well, I, ha- I have some questions about his athleticism. Is he athletic or is he just a good tester? We talked about that recently on a, on a podcast about Tyler Lancaster with the Packers. So Tyler tested great at Northwestern's Pro Day. We haven't necessarily seen the explosive athleticism that he showed he was capable of producing at that Pro Day on the field. He is pretty much just a semi-immovable object because he doesn't go forward or backward very much at all. And with Bradley King, William Bradley King, the scouting reports consistently use words like lethargic to describe his play, and he still is a little bit on the small side. Questions about athletic limitations come up again and again and again. So you're probably looking at more of a rotational guy here than a than a top-end starter. Up next, my favorite name uh, in this group of players, Hamilcar Rashed Jr. out of Oregon State. Another smaller edge, 6'4", 235. 
His relative athletic score is in the eights, 8.3, but his production ratio is all the way up at 1.53. Gotta love that name. Big win there. Strictly on production ratio, he is seventh in the class, in the backfield all the time, making plays. Good for him. What's not to like, though, is he's already just barely on the plus side of elite as far as athleticism goes. And since he's probably going to have to add mass, I don't want to say probably, he's definitely going to have to add mass. Can you do that and stay productive? There are some significant questions about that and not just from me. I wrote that down and then I went and read the draft guide about him. Here's what Pro Football Focus said. Quote, Rashad's college career has already demonstrated why evaluators are, dra- are wary of drafting undersized edge rushers into the NFL. After bulking up to 245 pounds this past season, more than 20 pounds heavier than his first year as a starter in 2018, Rashad saw his effectiveness dip. His elite quicks from 2019 when he racked up 15 sacks fizzled out. And even with the added weight, there was still no real power aspect to his game. In seven games, Rashad managed all of eight pressures. There's a good chance he'll have to end up at off-ball linebacker in the NFL. Still, I like that profile, and maybe if he's a late pick, uh, he's a he's a heavy rotational edge and, and special teams player. At 235, 240, and 6'4", you've got a dynamite special teams prospect there. Uh, maybe, maybe a late-round pick there. Also a contender for uh, elite names, Aziz Ojalari out of Georgia. 6'3", 240, 817 relative athletic score, production ratio of 146. I like that he looks like a finished product already. Athleticism, production, body type, it's all there. And it seems like he plays smart enough that it all seems to be coming together for him. I dislike that he looks like a finished product already. It's coming in a little undersized already, and you wonder, like... Oh, with Rashed, if uh, adding size really screws it up for him, being undersized is a bit of a problem. This is why big guys get all the attention because big is rare. If you guys have guys that are big and athletic, it's better than guys that are small and athletic. Sometimes people overthink that. They want to find the guy that tries hard, doesn't have all the physical tools. Sometimes you just got to take the big guy. There's a lot more room for error with a big guy who has some question marks than a small guy who has some question marks. That rounds out our guys that are athletic and productive. What about guys who are athletic but not quite as productive? Let's talk about Jason Owe out of Penn State. 6'4", 252, might be the best single athlete at edge or maybe in the entire class. He's right up there uh, at that size. Uh, relative athletic score of 9.92 and a production ratio of 1.03. Apparently has been timed uh, in the four threes in the 40-yard dash, which is just bonkers running at 250 pounds. I love those athletic testing numbers. I wonder if he's going to end up being just another entry in the long line of elite athletes that can't cut it against other elite athletes because that's something you see all the time. Guys that are overwhelmingly productive in college based on their athleticism and athleticism alone. And then they get to Sundays and they find that everyone else is as good an athlete as they are. Can Mr. Oway cut it against other elite athletes? Experts wonder too. The ringer points out that he's a fairly inexperienced player. He didn't take up football until his junior year of high school, they write. He can be a bit too reliant on physical talent and needs to de- develop a more complete pass rush repertoire. 
Lance Zerline is very optimistic. Quote, it's not all there yet, but with more coaching and experience, Owe has the ability to rate as a Pro Bowl rush linebacker with the ability to stick a hand in the ground if you need it. Up for next, another big, long edge rusher, Joshua Kando out of Florida State. 6'7", 265, and posting a relative athletic score of 959. Good numbers so far, but the, the production is a little bit scary. He's got a production ratio as an undergrad of just .79. That is not great. So you love his length, but you really don't like that he did practically nothing with his size and athleticism in the 31 games he played in college. 16 and a half tackles for loss, 8 sacks in 31 college games. That's not going to cut it. Leg injury also limited him to 3 games as a junior. Experts ding him for his productivity too. Pro Football Focus graded him poorly for his entire undergraduate career. In four years of playing time, they write, after being a highly touted recruit, he never cracked a 70 pass rushing grade. That's hard to believe, given his physical tools. Back to Penn State we go for our next prospect, Shaka Tony out of Penn State. Six foot three, 252 pounds, a production ratio of 1.21. So just narrowly missing our threshold uh, for production. You like his productivity plus athleticism. Uh, no complaints there. He does check those boxes. But at 6'3", 250, a little bit on the smaller side. He played it with other elite edge rushers on the front, too. So why is his production ratio boosted by doing some cleanup stuff? You wonder. Uh, Chad Reuter of NFL.com says he could find a home as a backup edge rusher with designated pass rush potential if he can improve his conversion rate in attacking the pocket. So digging his productivity there a little bit as well. Back down to Florida we go. Talking about Janarius Robinson out of Florida State. Six foot five, two hundred and sixty pounds, a relative athletic score of nine three three, but a production ratio of just point eight four, almost exactly where Rashawn Gary was coming out, just to ballpark it for you. What I like is that he's long, if not tall. So six five is is tall. That's how tall I am. I'm taller than most normal people. It's not ginormous for an NFL player, though. But he is very, very long. Eighty six inch wingspan albatross man. What's not to like is the production. Significant red flag there. A guy that athletic with those physical tools should be producing more. And that points to a potentially slow development timeline. Does have the tools, doesn't have the production. A guy who has a little bit more production, but a lot less tools is Joe Tryon. And I shouldn't say a lot because he's still testing pretty well out of Washington. 6'5", 262, Relative athletic score of 9.3, a production ratio of 1.02. Pretty much ideal size, in fact. But he is a little bit more unpolished and doesn't really translate his athleticism to production. I like Tryon a lot, though, and so does Pro Football Focus. They say he chooses violence on every play. There's not an ounce of hesitation or softness in his game. He's going to attack blockers with reckless abandon. At 6'5", and just over 260 pounds, that is a winning combination. Let's round it out by talking about guys that are just productive, starting with Gregory Rousseau. Miami product, 6'7", 265, a relative athletic score, though, of just 7.75. So good, but not elite. Production ratio, though, of 2.5. Bananas testing numbers, or production numbers, excuse me. There are some concerns there. 
You like his functional athleticism. He was a wide receiver back in the day, hugely productive with an asterisk. See if you can find it. I'm going to read his last three seasons for you. He had an injury short in 2018. He had that monster 2019 season, and then he opted out for 2020. Can you see why people might be a little bit concerned about his production? How do you project a guy who's been productive for exactly one year? Pro Football Focus writes his 16 sacks as a redshirt freshman in 2019 are eye-popping, but he was far less of a polished product than those numbers suggest. You think? I think. Still, you start circling back to those numbers again. Six foot seven, 265, 16 sacks as a redshirt freshman. Somebody's going to talk themselves into him earlier than later. Maybe they get the guy who got 16 sacks, maybe they don't but you can see what they're thinking when they do. Quincy Roche, another Miami product with some time at Temple before that. 6'3", 245, so not quite as big as Mr. Rousseau, but few are. Two Frenchish names in a row, though. That's pretty neat. Production ratio of 1.88. Gotta like that. Relative athletic score of 6.38. Don't like that as much. Occasionally, the rubric that we use of production and athleticism will we'll kind of trip over a guy who's just a motor guy. A guy who gets sacks, gets production through just sheer want to. And you can get by with that at the college level, but do you get swallowed up by better tackles, better offensive linemen in the NFL? That's a big, big question mark. This might be that sort of player. And given that he's not a great tester, it becomes a bigger question mark. It becomes an even bigger question mark because he's only six foot three and 245 pounds. So on the one hand, you've got a guy who's very productive. 1.88 is great. But on the other hand, he's not a great tester, not a, not a great athlete, and he's small. It makes you wonder if he was just productive because of good teammates. I should say before we get too far into our just productive, so productive but not athletic um, category, I weigh up the threshold here for guys that we wanted to talk about in terms of production ratio. I figure that if you're not going to be super or super athletic, you better be really productive for us to take notice of you. So I only am talking about players who had a production ratio of 1.6 or higher. And that nets us three more guys in our rundown here. The final of those three guys is Teron Jackson out of Coastal Carolina. Go Chanticleers. Six foot two, 260 pounds. So a bit of a stumpy edge rusher. Production ratio of 1.88. Relative athletic score of 5.65. One of those numbers is real good. One of them is not real good. Hilarious, though, combination of production and size. Is he an edge rusher? Is he an interior guy? What is he? The numbers are hard to argue with. 42.5 tackles for loss, 24.5 sacks in 41 games. Hey, I'm not going to knock a guy for getting things done at that size. Even in college, for an edge, for anybody in a front seven, six foot two is pretty small. I don't really care how he's getting his numbers at that point. That is worth at least calling out. Plus, he had my single favorite nugget in this preparation process. 
and it was especially in my mind because of what's been talked about in the NFL this week about uh, potentially allowing uh, defensive players and uh, non-quarterbacks or kickers to wear single-digit numbers. But Teron Jackson wears number nine. You won't know why he wears number nine. He wears it in honor of his brother, who died of leukemia when he was nine years old. Pretty cool remembrance there. And uh, a good moment for us to remember that uh, that guys, that these guys are people, too. They're not just numbers on a page. They're not just uh, scouting profiles for us to take a look at. So those are our numbers. We've got... Or those are our guys. We've got about 12 or 13 guys here sorted into three tiers. I'm going to do tiers for every draft class. And when it's all done, I will, I don't know, tweet out or something uh, my list of the tiered players. Tier one guys are going to be guys that are that I have few reservations about, if any, based on our research. Based on the numbers that we think they need to be meeting. These are the guys that I would feel happy about the Packers drafting at any point in the draft relative to needs and blah, blah, blah. You get it. Second tier is some questions, but not major. And then third tier is major questions potentially, but still worth considering. None of the guys that I I want to spend any amount of time talking about are guys that I don't think I would mind seeing on the Packers. I'm not going to spend time talking about guys that I don't want the Packers to draft. That seems like a waste of my time and yours. The tiers are guys, basically order of preference of guys that I would like the Packers, that I think would be worth considering for the Packers at some point in the draft. So in those three tiers, let's start with tier one. For us, tier one was productive and athletic. Jalen Phillips, Ellerson Smith, Joseph Osei, Carlos Basham Jr., Pay. William Bradley King, Hamilcar Rashad Jr., and Aziz Ojalari. Tier 2 is athletic, but not necessarily as productive. Jason Owe, Joshua Kando, Shaka Tony, Janarius Robinson, and Joe Tryon. And then Tier 3 is just productive. Gregory Rousseau, Quincy Roche, and Taron Jackson, or Teron Jackson. Those are our edges. Is that a comprehensive list? No. We don't have testing numbers from everybody yet. We could get more guys that meet our threshold as the spring goes on, and we'll try to circle back and get some of those guys yet. Is that everybody who should be considered? Also, no. I know you are going to have suggestions. I know you're going to have questions. Why didn't you talk about this guy? Why didn't you talk about this guy? Why didn't you talk about this guy? Well, uh, if you ask, I will uh, try to answer that. And if there's somebody you, you think we should talk about that you haven't heard yet on this podcast, go ahead and do that. I, I would really appreciate uh, appreciate your feedback there too. In the meantime, that's all I've got for you in this episode. And I uh, would appreciate it if you would uh, go ahead and share this episode with someone you think would benefit from hearing it. I'm open to feedback. I'm open to your thoughts. I'm open to your, your questions about who you would like to hear about. Help me make this draft process as beneficial to you as I possibly can. And help me grow this conversation we're having about the Green Bay Packers because that is what is ultimately going to help us achieve our goal, me achieve our goal of helping everybody become a smarter Packers fan. Because as I always say, smarter Packers fans are better Packers fans, and better Packers fans are what we all want to be. I'm your host, John Meerdink. We'll see you next time on Blue 58.